Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome everybody back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your one of your hosts, at least, the Rogue of Wrestling Michael Newman, joined alongside the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. I'm going all in. I'm putting all my cash on the line. Ooh, okay, you're going all in. Well, <laughs> it is the go-home show before all in, and I'm putting yes. the title on the line for some predictions at the all-in events. Yes, you're losing the title. You, you said that incorrectly. Ah, well, you know, that is yet to be seen, but if Nostradamus is ever right, and often he is, I'm keeping the belt at all-in. Me and Cody Rhodes are going to be matching. We're going to be champions after the event. You know, me, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega, we're just going to have a champions club. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're invited, and you can't come because you're not a champion. Oh, speaking of news this week... With Kenny Omega, he has another title to throw up there. Mm. Ranked number one on PW Insider's Pro Wrestling 500. Not even slightly surprised. (laughs) Apparently, it was the win over uh, Okada that put him over the edge. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's actually really funny as far as, like, talking about really big wins in wrestling. That Uh was huge, and it felt fucking huge. It was. You know what uh, else was a really huge win, but didn't feel huge? What? Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar yes. had the longest WWE reign of the modern era. And he lost, and it felt like, who cares? Luck to like, see where Roman ended up. Because now we're already like moving on. You know, Roman's fighting Braun, and like Brock is just yesterday's news. Oh. Like, Roman didn't even brag that he beat Brock. Like, so Roman Roman only ended up at number seven in the PWI 500. Wow, I'm he, I'm surprised he's that high to be honest. Uh, you got one Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. two AJ Styles, three Okada, four Brock Lesnar, five Seth Rollins. <laughs> what? Eat what? a dick. Eat yep. a dick, Meltzer. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, well, one, it's not Meltzer. It's pro. It's the Pro Wrestling Torch. Oh, sorry. I thought this is. Uh, Pro Wrestling Insider. Yeah, it is. That's not Meltzer, though. He's a wrestling observer. Oh, my bad. I'm getting shit mixed up. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Six is okay. Braun Strowman. Seven is Roman Reigns. Eight is Cody Rhodes. Well, hey, Nine look, I don't is care not... who the fuck is writing this. Get Brock Lesnar off the top ten list. He fucking sucks. Brock he Lesnar sucks in terms be... of in no. terms of in ring, but their criteria is title reigns and how long they're holding. So, like you said, oh, Brock so... had. Just on long... technicality, he has to be high up on the list. They they have to have like right. They have to Where's be objective. Pete Where's this? Pete Dunn on the list? Pete Dunn's reign has been just about as long as uh, Brock Lesnar's, and he doesn't suck dick as a pro wrestler. He's not the main title holder for the I, WWE. I don't either. give a shit. You just said, 
It apparently just the length of the title reign is all that matters, Joe. I'll pick up the copy of the PWR Where's Pete Dunne? and we'll go through Where's there. Pete Dunne on this list? <laughs> I don't I only is see he the even top on 10. There? He's what? not even on there, is he? He's on the 500, he's just not in the top 10. Wow, that's fucked up. And Brock Lesnar's all the way up there at number 4 when he should be like down at maybe like 44 or 444 at the top 500 cuz he's a big stinky gorilla anyway. Not but nothing yeah. against gorillas. Like <laughs> I actually really like animals of almost all kind except for oh. giant sentient gorilla men who suck at pro I will wrestling. Pick up I'll pick up the copy and we can go through how they rank the the wrestlers. All right, I'm going to I'm going to put an official complaint. How is Brock Lesnar so high and where's Pete Dunne? It's they they have a whole thing of like so one it depends on it's their window of view. Yeah, is that what it is? Is ended at July 1st of this year. And it started from oh, I'm sorry, it's June 30th of this year. So it started July 1st of 2017. And then it goes to June 30th of 2018. And within that time, they look at your length of title reigns, if you had a title reign, mm-hmm. like how many matches you had, which is apparently was what... Um, apparently the main editor, so it was Dan Murphy was on Jim Ross's podcast. Uh, he's just one of the editors. Apparently the head honcho of PWI. I have a problem with this. He apparently wanted Lesnar at number one. And I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> But apparently the other editors talked him out of it. <laughs> well, I mean, if he had done that, he would have completely blown his cover as being a fucking moron. Yeah. And having no credibility. But yeah, so they have, they have all this criteria. So we can we can go through that next week. Well, all right, you know what? Speaking of our own criteria, who would you rank? Who would be your number one? Oh, okay. I think year? they get I think they nailed the top two, definitely, of mm-hmm. uh, Omega and AJ. Because you have to consider, like, right, yeah. there can be the best wrestlers in some random indie promotion in Hoboken, New Jersey, yeah. right? But they're, they're not on a main stage. Those two, AJ and Kenny, are the top wrestlers in the two biggest promotions in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like Kenny Omega would be a good number one. And then AJ Styles would definitely be a good number two. I feel like Rollins should definitely, is Rollins high up there? Like, because he would be a good he- run for the money. Uh, like he, being... he was in the top 10. I think he was number mm-hmm. five behind Okada. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's reasonable. Cause like Seth Rollins, I feel like has been really good this last year, especially. Like, he's been getting over his fuck. Like whenever he's in fucking matches, he just has to stomp the oh, ground. The I'm whole sorry. Crowd is just like burn it down. So is three was Okada. Four was Lesnar. Uh, Rollins was five. So top five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was yeah. Followed by, like I said, Strowman, Reigns, Rhodes, Naito. And then number 10, the Miz. Hmm. I think it was his probably his IC title run that got him up there. Yeah, because that was a lot of last year. So that yeah, was pretty damn good. That's the other thing you have to consider, right? Is that window, right? Because like we can think about current day right now, coming up to like today, but they it takes them a month to gather all the information and all that fun stuff. Right, and plus you're looking at over an entire year and. Like, mm-hmm. it is crazy because the, the pace of the wrestling world has gotten so much faster that oh it my is God. sometimes really hard to remember all the things that happened within the span of a year, you know? Span of a year, and think about how much has changed within the last month alone. Like, so they end their 
grading period mm-hmm. on June 30th. How much has fucking happened since then? Like, we're in September now. Well, so we're two months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brock Lesnar's not the champion anymore. That's a big deal. Yeah. It, the, so they, uh, Jim Ross taped a segment where Dan Murphy calls Kenny Omega on the, on the podcast and lets him know that he's number one. Mm-hmm. And Omega states, you can tell the time of, of when this was recorded. <laughs> Kenny was like, well, we have the end of the G1 coming up and stuff like that. <laughs> you're like oh that gave away a timeline there <laughs> <laughs> yep man it's I mean at least good on them they definitely definitely got the correct number one guy even if Brock yeah. Lesnar's not correct but whatever yeah um, I mean what so like one they, they got one guy that I that we're not as big a fan of out of the first ten that's not bad I agree with all the other ones um, I think Reigns should definitely not be above uh, Naito or Rhodes. Yeah. Um, but with the, he should at least be within the top 10 to 15. I'd say maybe top 15 or something like that, but I definitely yeah. wouldn't put Roman Reigns in the top 10 of pro wrestlers in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm interested to see what their criteria... Wait, yeah, because now I'm thinking, I'm like, well, wait, he won the title, but not within their... Because well, that's that's another yeah, thing I don't I, like. I, that, like that's, okay, that's, really, that's I, part of the criteria, right? That like you're a champion for X amount of time because that doesn't necessarily it's, mean it's anything. one of the criteria. Because I mean, look at like, uh, well, I guess Naido had the, I, did he have a title last year? Yeah, he, he had the IC title for a little bit. IC title, okay. But it, it's not always dependent on the titles. It also can mm-hmm. just be you wrestled in a shit ton of five-star like they said well, but uh, like but that's how you get a guy like brock lesnar so high up on that list because like what the fuck else has he done mm-hmm. he wrestled shit matches yeah been in boring angles uh you know other than that he had the title <laughs> i think they look at more of matches compared to storylines though because storylines woof then he's even more screwed because as bad yeah. as brock lesnar is at least the storylines are better than those shit matches that's true at least, at least Paul Heyman can help write the storylines. Paul, Paul Heyman can't make Brock Lesnar not a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> like, he it, it, that was one of the storylines. He couldn't. He could not get yeah. Brock Lesnar to come out to the ring. And then he got choked out for it. <laughs> but it was all a ruse. And then it never paid off. Yep. Anything interesting. He just, like, what the fuck? All right, so then what the fuck was the thing that he passed to Roman Reigns? Was it just like a, <laughs> like a fake contract? Sucker. Or was it just like a... Sucker, I got you, bitch. Like, what? Ugh, so uninteresting. But, I mean, I, I am more interested now that, like, the Shield's back together. Like, that is some fun shit. And then now we get to see who it is it looks like Braun is going to be aligning with. Looks like he's going to be shacking up with Ziggler and uh, McIntyre here to even the odds. What do you think of these three-man pairings? Uh, I like it because it makes sense for, the, the like, the numbers-wise, right? You had... Um, the Shield team up and go against Braun, and it's like, well, that's unfair. <laughs> Plus, the Shield's supposed to be the baby faces, but then they outmanned a guy and beat him up. <laughs> so there's not much logic there. But then, then you give Strowman, Ziggler, and Drew. So it's like, okay, now we have a a fair matchup going in. Totally. I, you know, I'm, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just. It's just throwing a wrench in. Do you still see this? Do you still see Strowman getting a, the title match at Pell in a Cell, though? Because now it seems like it should be three on three. Um, 
No, I think I think it will be Strowman still gets the match with Reigns. Like a singles home, match? So. I think so. Um, but I think that we'll probably get some six-man tags like just along the way. I think this is just their solution for how to book Raw right now. Because they okay. have the Shield back together. And they're like, oh shit, well we have the Shield. Like, How are we not going to do some six-man tags? I gotcha. think that's where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. And you know the alliance with Ziggler and McIntyre may just be for like a couple of weeks. And they'll split off and... Because I, I, I feel like... Do you think it's also trying to get Strowman to go heel? Um, I mean, I think that they're still trying to test those waters a little bit because they just they want Roman Reigns to be the babyface. And, like, Reigns and Strowman do have some very good chemistry. Like, the matches yes. that they had last year were actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, for... I'm looking forward to this Hell in a Cell match. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, like, I think it definitely has potential to be really good. But, like, WWE is so invested in the idea, right, of Roman Reigns being the babyface. And they want to be able, like, if this feud could go on and on and on, they would love it to. And so yeah. they would love it if they could turn Braun heel, I think. I, I It's not even just the fact that they want uh, Reigns as a babyface. It's that they want always the babyface and heel dynamic. Yeah, they, they do really want this very strict. And, it, and it's always like a... Uh, I feel like it's a very juvenile lens for like how you define heel and face, right? It's yes. always like the baby face is always somebody who is better in the like a baby face will always beat the heel in a fair match. Mm-hmm. Like that is always a maxim as far as like their face versus heel dynamics. Yeah. And so then ver- therefore like the heel is always contop in uh, uh, can't talk incompetent, therefore <laughs> they have to cheat. Like that's always part of WWE's maxims. And gotcha. like a baby face you know, always has to basically be dumb right because they they are so confident in their wrestling ability that they don't have to be nuanced or intelligent or anything like that like or they'll they'll never take like the logical way of going about things and never go oh this chair is here which could help me win a match Mm -hmm. but no i'm my honor is too high for this like (laughs) yeah it's like either that or their their pride is so much it's like oh i could beat him without the chair so i gotta prove my manliness by not yeah yeah it's WWE's very, very, um, very sturdy in what what their morality is. I think. And yes. Every once in a while, you get outside of that dynamic, and it's really exciting, and people get into it. Like Stone Cold broke a lot of that model, and that was yeah. like arguably one of their greatest babyface successes of all time. He was a babyface, but yet he flipped people off. He mm-hmm. broke the rules sometimes, like. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes forward, because, like, Roman Reigns always has a problem with being a face, but alongside the shield, like, that always really does help and compensate, so... Yes. Maybe, I don't know, we'll see how it works. It's, but the, the problem will be, right, when he goes into Hell in a Cell match, and then uh, Ambrose and Rollins aren't there, and then we get the heel reactions again. <laughs> or do you think we get the really fucked up match where, like, Drew and Ziggler find a way in, lock out... Dean and Seth as they come and try to help out, and then we get, I don't know, that whole kind of a dynamic? Maybe. You could do that. Or maybe you could even um, you could even do kind of like a total extra swerve of, like, say that alliance has been starting to crumble going into the pay-per-view, and then it looks like, oh, shit, well, Braun's going to be alone, and, you know, Reigns, maybe he has the shield, but then that's when, like, the Wyatt family kind of finally reunites, and then they fuck over Roman Reigns and Hell in a Cell, and Braun Strowman becomes the champion. Mm, that could that be would be cool. interesting. Although to go back and comment at least on why I think part of the pairing with uh, Ziggler and McIntyre is actually really good, and in some ways a little bit better than the Wyatt family pairing, 
is because going against the shield, part of what makes the shield so interesting and so good as a unit is that it's three guys who are all really, really competent. Right? Like, they're all world champions on their own. Like, and even when the shield first came out, like, they were all three a threat. Like, WWE so often in their factions is like, there's one guy who's a threat and everybody else sucks. Right? That's right? true. And they, they were all good in their own way. Right. And so I feel like with Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre, like, it's a little bit closer to that similar dynamic where there's actually three guys who were pretty competent. And they actually match up pretty well against the shield, right? Because you got, like, Stroma going against Reigns, uh, Ziggler, and Rollins. And then you've got uh, Ambrose and McIntyre. Yeah. I would actually say that if you probably compare them up, like, uh, side by side, like, comparing each component to one another... Ziggler, Drew, and Strowman might be the better team. Because mm. you've got Ziggler. I would pair up like Ziggler with Rollins, right, in terms of mm. style. Yep. Drew with Ambrose? Yeah, I mean, because they're the two medium-sized guys. Yeah. Uh, and Strowman with Reigns, I would say Sh- Strowman, better wrestler and talker. Mm-hmm. For Ambrose, even talking with Drew, but Drew is just a little more versatile in his style. Mm-hmm. And then I would say Ziggler and Rollins are pretty even. So if I'm giving the two edges to the other two guys in, with Strowman and Drew, mm-hmm. I would give that team the edge. Hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe they could make like a, a longer term faction. It could be kind yeah. of interesting. I don't, I don't know exactly. You'd ha- I feel like you'd have to change up, like, Strowman's image maybe a little bit. Yes. Because he's kind of the odd guy, odd guy out right now. Yeah, I don't... It'd be a weird... I feel like you could somehow make it work, but... You know, I don't know. Maybe not. Because I feel like Strowman is kind of a... He's kind of a weird loner. Like, or he's kind of become that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, well, just uh, how big he is. Elias is the true loner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's the one who got uh, slapped down and bitched out by Trish Stratus. I thought that was a great segment. That was really good. I liked it. Yeah. I didn't know where they were going with it at first. Yeah, well, they were going into, of course, some build for uh, Trish Stratus versus Alexa Bliss. Yes. and But I, I loved his like little comment. What is that going to be, like a swimsuit model match or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know uh, what? It is really interesting. I think this is actually a really great matchup right because there's a snuff similarity of style but there's also a really big difference in skill gap that i think this could be like a really big opportunity for alexa bliss to grow and i think to grow in failure i think she should absolutely lose this match but it should be the type of one where she like you know fights harder than she ever has and like you know digs deeper than she ever has but like you know still not good enough to beat the legend but like showed a lot of heart yeah because, I mean, in terms of legend status of a female wrestler, you cannot get any bigger than Trish Stratus. She was the perfect mix of what they wanted as a diva, but then she was also great in the ring as well. Mm. So, I think this is a great opportunity for Alexa. Yeah, because, I mean, she's definitely been sitting under the apple tree of Mickey James there for a little while, who's also really great. I but, love uh... that reference. <laughs> We but, have someone that knows you really well. <laughs> Mickey comes out. I was like, oh, that's great. I didn't even think about that. 
Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, you know what? I guess that could be the other thing, because WWE is very WWE, right? So maybe they would do some overbooked nonsense where, like, Mickey James comes out there and costs her the match or some shit. I don't know. You I know, don't know. Maybe, that, I think they're going to get that out of the way if they're going to do shit like that, hopefully before. In the build-up. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, I mean, they just kind of mentioned it, and then that was it on this episode, so I feel like they may go into that later or something like that. Yeah, you know, I could see them definitely doing, like, a tag team match or something before Evolution. Like, say it's yeah. uh, Trish and uh, Ronda, you know, the champions versus, like, Alexa Bliss and um, Nikki Mickey. Bella, whoever's challenging. Yeah, and then... Uh, Nikki uh, Bella's supposed to be challenging for this title. Fuck that. Can we talk about how bad that segment was, the Bells in the back? The Bellas are the queens of coming in and just raining on everybody's parade. Like, they come in, and they're just like, oh cool you guys just had a great segment guess what we are coming back we're just gonna like just roll right over the success you had and talk about us like i really don't know how they've gotten as much success as they have in life they kind of suck yeah and it's they're trying to come off as baby faces but i saw them as heels in that segment it was oh, like absolutely heels i right I think at like, least I think at least they are going to be, well, I don't know. They probably aren't. They're probably just going to have to be babyface versus babyface with Nikki and Ronda. At least they're it's going to like, try. Because it's just like, like that was such a heel move to do. Like, oh, you guys just did a great thing. But guess what? My news is better. Like, Because you can't turn it both heel, right? Because Brie Bella has to stay face to be involved with the Maurice feud. Yeah. They're kind of getting too complicated for their own good. They have too many events <laughs> going on. You know, it's the well, thing about that. They have to build this. They have to build this evolution pay per view, this Australia mm-hmm. show, and Hell in a Cell all at the same time. Yeah, it's it's uh, almost like they're overbooking themselves a little bit for some of these things. But it's almost as if we said that for a very long time. Well, you know what? At, although at the same time, to give some credit, something like the Australia show that whatever they're calling it, the Super Under Down Under Down Under Show, whatever the fuck. <laughs> That one just I don't like know the what they're calling Royal it, Rumble. but I'm calling it from that, that from now on. Just the greatest Royal Bumble. I'm sure that one's not going to fucking matter. Like, that's just going to be a glorified house show where some matches happen, but, like, probably no titles change. Like, it's all just, you know. Just a glorified house show. So, I don't think they really have that much to worry about as far as booking that because it won't impact storylines, I'm guessing. Other than, I guess, randomly, that it's the last time that the Triple H and Undertaker will ever wrestle. <gasps> oh, man. Yeah, We're all worried they we got... never see that again. <laughs> that segment was fucking hilarious because they just get all these legends on fucking selfie videos. But then Kevin Nash is too good for their selfie video and they just got him on the phone. <laughs> yep. It's like, really? Did we need the insight of Kevin Nash that you had to do, like, all these stuff? You had fucking Stone Cold doing a selfie video. Like, <laughs> there's your pinnacle. You're done there. Yep, that's it. Although, uh, you know, that's not the only thing that's over. It, uh, it seems like for now, Kevin Owens' career on Raw is over. Yeah. Uh, what do you think they're doing with this? Well, I mean, clearly, obviously, this is a... A storyline thing. This isn't just like he actually quit. Um, oh yeah, I think I don't think he actually quit. No, so many people are. Like, oh, is you gonna be it all in? I'm like, fuck no. I'm. I think maybe part of where they want to go with this is like, take him out for just like a little bit now, to kind of try and see where they want to reinsert him because 
I'm trying to think, like, Sami Zayn is going to be out for, like, quite a while, right? Like, he's due back more like Royal Rumble or uh, WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Something like that, I think. Something so, like that. If that's the case, then maybe they're waiting and then they're going to have them come back together. But even if not, then there's the other part of me that's kind of wondering, like, what if they're going to try and do something like... See, I think a lot of a lot of plans have to hinge on when is Dean Ambrose turning heel? I don't think... For, not for a little while, right? I think... Well, I don't think they want to go too long with it. I think... I think part of even the reason that they like they just went right into that like shield reunion thing is partially because they want to do it sooner, and so they're like, all right, well if we're gonna turn Dean soon, then we need to get everybody's shield fix in now while we have everybody as baby faces, before we do it, and maybe that could even be something like if they're gonna go forward, like Kevin Owens could be, like a partner with Dean Ambrose or something, and maybe like a new heel alliance because then they could go against like Rollins and Reigns, like you could have something like that. Um, I don't know. It's it's tricky to see like what the fuck they're trying to do with Kevin Owens. It's like because clearly the idea he's supposed to be coming back, but you know, it, does he come back with reinforcements and he's still a heel, or maybe does he come back as like a character shifted person? Like, I don't know. What do you think? I'm really not sure now. <laughs> You're just throwing my whole. Uh... But what did you think before I started saying anything? <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> You've ruined my reality. It's it's weird though. It's um I mean I guess it could also just be one of those things where like you know what? Actually, what if the idea is that they want to move him over to SmackDown? And this is a way just to get him off raw. SmackDown could use. Cause like if he's just gonna kinda get sh- a little bit lost in the shuffle on Raw, but like, you know, they're gonna need somebody else to go up against like say Daniel Bryan, uh like, maybe after he's done with Miz feud. Or, like, once he's got the title, like, somebody else to feud with him for the title. Like, maybe Kevin Owens would be somebody to put over there. Because Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan did fight last year at WrestleMania, even though it was in a tag match. Oh, true. So, maybe they could build up to something like that. I would love to see fucking Daniel Bryan, maybe even defending the title or trying to win it from Kevin Owens at that WrestleMania. That would be interesting. Yeah, I would just think... SmackDown's in need of more faces, would you say, or heels? I say SmackDown needs a little bit more on the heel side, because as far as faces, like, you've got AJ Styles, who's fucking solid. You've got Daniel Bryan, who's fucking solid. Jeff um, Hardy. You've got Jeff Hardy. Fu- I mean, like, Jeff Hardy, like, actually, I don't think SmackDown really needs that many more people, because you've also got, like, sub-solid heels. Like, you've got Randy Orton, you've got Shinsuke Nakamura, you've got Samoa Joe. Um, like, you do have some options. You just... It would be good just to have more of anything, right? I guess. At least at least at that... Um, I feel like Kevin Owens could be served, right? Because right now, the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline and, like, whoever's going up against the S.H.I.E.L.D., a.k.a., like, right now, at least Strowman and um, uh, Ziggler and McIntyre, like, that's going to be very dominant, the storyline on Raw, for a while. Yes. So if you're not involved with that, then you're kind of in the undercard and not really important. And Kevin Owens isn't really going to have a thing to go for over there. So uh-huh. I think, it, you know, especially if, if they are going to potentially do like a Wyatt family reunion and they need to move Luke Harper over to Raw, then there you go. You just switch two people, like put Luke Harper on Raw, put Kevin Owens on SmackDown. That's a fair switch too. And SmackDown's you know what, actually, tag team division is pretty well set up, so. 
to reference part of even what he was saying wasn't uh kevin owens saying that he his life was better back when he was on smackdown and that his life since he came to raw has been hell yeah and also even though that... he was complaining back on smackdown how his life was hell <laughs> but that could be fine too like that could just be his character part of it too right is he keeps switching brands and always unsatisfied with where he is yeah <laughs> i think it's this is probably leaning towards uh a Sami Zayn return right yeah, I mean, I feel like that's definitely got to happen whatever... Right when Sami Zayn's clear, he's got to come back for Kevin Owens. Because that was yeah. also a big part of what he talked about, right? Was that, you know, if Sami Zayn had been around, I'd be champion right now. Yes. So, yeah, I could definitely see him... They're either waiting until Zayn's back and then him try to gun for a championship. Or maybe move him over to SmackDown and then slowly work towards that. And then eventually Zayn maybe comes out to help him. Actually... That could be kind of fun. What if Kevin Owens steals away the WWE Championship from Daniel Bryan because of the help of Sami Zayn? <laughs> like, a returning Sami Zayn fucks over, like, yo, Huluva kicks Daniel Bryan behind the ref's back. Yeah. Kevin Owens pins him, steals the title. And then there you go, build towards WrestleMania of Daniel Bryan trying to get back the title. Yeah. Hmm. Because, yeah, like, if you build towards, like, say, uh, I don't know, like maybe Daniel Bryan took the title around Royal Rumble or a little bit before that. I guess it would depend on Sami Zayn's injury storyline or a uh, timeline, but yeah, man, you got a lot of options right now. You know, that is always, we've said this a lot of times, but that is never WWE's problem. They always have a lot of really good options. They're just really bad at picking which options are good options <laughs> a lot of the times. That's very true. <laughs> Do not give them options. It's it's like, yeah, it's like you just have a million good actors but a really bad director. You're just like, you know, you're fucking over all your own talent all the time. So true. And I mean, uh, although one, I will give some credit. One of the decisions was, oh, actually, no, before I go into something to give them credit for, I want to give you a pitch <laughs> for something that I think would be really good. Just because it relates to Raw before something you go better than SmackDown. What? Okay. Well, no, no, because I was going to talk about like the Booker T and uh, New Day stuff, which I thought was really good. But before I get to that, I wanted to pitch oh, sure. to you a potential dream tag team match because I totally forgot as far as like, I was thinking of a solution for like Dean Ambrose turning heel. And if mm. there's no alliance with Kevin Owens, which probably would not be the best solution anyway, I have the perfect partner for Dean Ambrose. Who is that? Tommaso Ciampa. Ooh, who you could put together, the Blackhearts. These guys who have both turned on their fucking tag team partners and just hold this grudge of resentment. Man, you could build to one hell of a fucking tag team match at WrestleMania. Put Ambrose and Ciampa versus Rollins and Gargano. Man, that'd be fucking awesome. That would be a great tag team matchup. That would be insane. Oh my gosh. Yes, that would be so good. So... I think, yeah, that keep Ambrose maybe without anybody for a little bit, because then if Tommaso Ciampa comes up eventually, then maybe that could be a really great, like, completely unholy alliance. Yeah, and uh, Tommaso, I would say, doesn't have too much longer in NXT. Same thing with Gargano. Yeah, that's a really interesting situation. Do you want to talk about that first, or do you want to talk about SmackDown? Let's get SmackDown done. Okay. I've got some yes. uh, exciting things on SmackDown. Yes. Oh, man. Well, it, it was the most exciting thing when Booker T knighted the New Day? 
No, you know what my <laughs> most exciting thing in SmackDown was? Remembering that the fucking Colognes have a job at the WWE. <laughs> yeah, somehow those guys are still around in, in the tag team division. And they came fucking... out, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck they bother with these guys. Like, why? All right. As far as like integrating things with like 205 Live and giving these cruiserweight guys some opportunities to do things, like why the fuck weren't the Lucha House Party in that tag team match instead of the Colognes, who nobody has ever given a fuck about? Yeah, like just running a company, right? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to be fiscally responsible? And like, if you have a team that you'd never fucking use on TV, like you may use them at house shows and stuff, but I don't count that. Like, why? <laughs> I think it's I think it's just because they're part of the Cologne family or something. Like I I assume that's got to be the reason. Maybe. Either that, or maybe it's like a straight up uh, diversity thing. Like maybe they don't have anybody else from Puerto Rico. So <laughs> like, well, we have to, if we don't fire them, then we're racist. Like that's that's one less country on our sheet. Maybe like right Puerto now we have, Rico. we have people employed from eighty countries. And if we get rid of them, then it's only 79. 79. Keep those motherfuckers employed. I mean, does Puerto Rico really count as its own country? It's kind of like a territory of the U.S. kind of thing. And I mean, it is a territory of the U.S., you're right. So. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was going to joke that the Puerto Rico must pay their salary because they <laughs> act as their travel agents a little bit. Yeah, they, just, they just get ad revenue. For however many people buy, uh, like, vacations to Puerto Rico. <laughs> instead, instead of selling merch like t-shirts, they just literally, it's like, all right, however many people we can convince to buy timeshares or we'll, like, you know, take a vacation to Puerto Rico, we get a cut. <laughs> That's how their salary is paid. Yeah, WWE doesn't even employ them. They just come in. <laughs> they just come in for free and they just run off the advertising money. <laughs> That's what, uh... An interesting note, Eric Bischoff said that that's how he was able to hire uh, Randy Savage in WCW. His uh, Slim Jim money basically paid, like, obviously it wasn't direct, Mm -hmm. but, like, the money that WCW brought in from the Slim Jim revenue was equivalent to Randy Savage's salary. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Man, give me a Slim Jim. I'll bite into that shit. (laughs) I'll snap me into a Slim Jim. <laughs> Jim um, paid his mo- oh my gosh, that's insane. You know who uh, wants Wait, to no, slap Your, your a... most exciting moment on SmackDown was not the knighting of the New Day? Oh, that was good. Uh, I also... My, I, my favorite moment of SmackDown, though, was Becky's promo. I Yeah, it was so short and simple, and the crowd fucking loves her still. And oh it just paused... You bitch. Mike bitch. <laughs> Apparently, according to one of the podcasts I listened to uh, post-wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, John Pollock has an, I guess, an insider connection to WWE, mm. said that the writer's room now is not considering it a heel turn by Becky. Instead, they're considering the feud just like two friends not getting along kind of a thing. Okay, well, if, if they are doing that and... I hope to God you are right because let me pitch you an idea for how to fix it. And it Mm -hmm. goes along those lines a little bit. You have them fight at Hell in a Cell, right? Becky Lynch beats Charlotte clean as a fucking sheet. And then afterwards, Charlotte raises Becky's hand out of respect. 
and then Becky just gets to celebrate. Then afterwards, on SmackDown, we can have, you know, Becky, you know, explain about how she was just so fucking mad that she was, you know, trying to go after this title, and, you know, she, you know, put so much value on the fact that she hadn't been champion, so therefore, like, you know, she uh-huh. needed it, and she would do anything to do it, and, you know, Charlotte comes out and congratulates her, and it's like, you know, you don't, you know, actually, maybe... This could be another layer to add to it. What if Charlotte even says that, like, I was trying to act like a little bit of a bitch to you because I knew that for you to get to the next level as a competitor, Becky, I needed to push you. Mm. And look, I was right. You did evolve to the next level that you needed to get to to make that fire inside of you even stronger. You had gotten comfortable. Yeah, you've gotten comfortable. And now you've evolved to the point where you're my equal and arguably even better than me. I would say definitely better at this point. That would be a really interesting way to go. Like if Charlotte maybe adopted a little bit of that role coming out of it, and yeah, and then Becky. I mean, look like, at it. If Becky just retains some of this intensity, I think that's the key, right? Yeah, because the the crowd is behind her mm-hmm. more than any other women wrestler right now. I would say. Yeah, you know, if it wouldn't be some sort of copy infringement, like they should actually consider renaming her to Becky Balboa. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> and it's not just philly that loves her no everybody fucking loves her she's yeah because she's awesome she's got that it factor like well she's she's fucking real like she's super genuine that i think i think that really helps connect you know like when she's out there and she talks about how she's excited to like be there and entertain the crowd or be there to wrestle and trying to become like i feel like everything that she says i believe her like even though you know, obviously a lot of these girls are being handed scripts and some of them are pretty shitty. Like Becky somehow makes it feel like she, like it's just her talking. Well, if you ever hear her interviews, I mean, she's had such a, I want to say kind of like a rough road. Like she left the business for a while. She became like an, uh, what is it? Uh, people that serve you on planes and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. A waste stewardess. Time. Stewardess. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. She became like a stewardess for a while. And like, because her mom was one. And her mom was like, you're you're not happy here. Like, go back to wrestling kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And she ended up back and like, now she's been super successful. So mm-hmm. I think when you, when you have that kind of a path, like that's what makes her so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like she's, she's known or she's kind of like almost given up on it a little bit to the point where then she's seen what her life would be like without it. And she's like, I can't like, I fucking love this and doing this. And I think like, she's one of those people, especially when you see her interactions with the crowd and with the fans and stuff like that, like she fucking loves like being a superstar for the fans. Yes. And like, don't get me wrong. Charlotte is one of the best women's wrestlers in the ring, Mm -hmm. but she she she'll admit in interviews and stuff that she didn't love the business the entire time because of her dad. Like, yeah, the business took her dad away for a while. So like, you can always feel those like differences in in wrestlers. Yeah, and actually, and there's a whole another different type of level of respect that I have for somebody like Charlotte because I think Charlotte's actually like a weird case of like a modern person who's like a perfect example of like, uh like a medieval aristocrat or something like somebody who has just like this huge level of burden just kind of like placed on them because of their societal. Fuck. I'm sorry to weird noise. Hold on. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, 
so yeah, she's got like this huge burden sort of placed on her just because of her birth and her situation. But she's like picked it up like with a mantle and just carried it magnificently and like, just, like smashed through the ceiling. Like yeah, like she was born a flare, so there's already automatically that sort of association with wrestling. And then all this shit happens with her brother to the point where then she's like, all right, well I gotta kind of like step in and be the person to carry on the wrestling legacy in my family. And then she fucking becomes, you know, arguably one of the best women's wrestlers of all time. Like, just because well, she feels even, like she needs beyond, to carry on the family legacy. Even beyond Reed passing away, David mm-hmm. Flair wrestled in WCW and didn't live up to his father's potential. Mm-hmm. So you had David fail, then you had Reed, like the unfortunate thing that happened mm-hmm. with him, and it all came down to Charlotte, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so she's just like, oh, well, I, my family needs me to become a great pro wrestler, so I guess I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And then she just fucking does it. <laughs> like, that is that is <laughs> Hold intense my beer. dedication and respect to their family, you know? Uh, yeah. But yeah, then Becky is just all about, like, you know, she just, she's got to do it because she fucking loves it. And yeah. you can tell, I think there's that extra level with her and the fans where she just, like, she can't get enough of it. So it's just interesting to see why... So Sasha has kind of reached that level, but not for an extended length of time. Same thing with Bailey. So it'd be it's interesting of like why they haven't reached the same levels like Becky has with the fans. I think part of it, at least for Sasha, and this is also something to relate back with Charlotte too, is there's there's something to also be said for like the type of character that you're playing and the type of character that you can play yeah. as a performer, because like. The type of character that Becky can play, like especially with like her natural face affect, like she's just so naturally connectable and relatable and cute, and like Charlotte is so like big, it's and the kind of imperialistic looking, and like she's so naturally a heel. And also, and in the same regards, I think, but more for character reasons, like Sasha is a really, really natural heel. She's yeah. so good at it, <laughs> and I think that's part of one of the things that's kind of been weird for her sometimes with the fans is that like the fans love her for being a good heel. I think for the most part, like there's definitely obviously people who are just going to be her fans regardless. And I'm still a fan of her. I think she's still a good wrestler, but I think she's a way better as a heel, but that's just like a weird dynamic, right? When people respect you for being a heel rather than being like an Uber fan of you. And I think that there's a little part of like Sasha that I think she wants that baby face reaction. Like she's one of those heels that doesn't want to be a heel. Mm. I think. Like, I think that that's part of her jealousy of Bailey is that Bailey's such a baby face. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's Well, also, like, as far as when you're talking about with, like, for glass ceilings is how far they've gotten. The reason that Bailey's gotten fucked over is because WWE just ruined her. That's true. For a long time. And only now are they starting to kind of, like, trying to figure it out again with the Sasha tag team. Because I think that that can work. Yeah. Um, anyway, what else? What else? The Daniel Bryan versus Andrade Cien almost match I thought was pretty good. It was. Apparently that was one of Daniel's, like, dream matches to come back to. Hmm. Not surprising. Andrade Cien almost has just been, like, fucking killing it. I feel like for the last, like, at least a year or so. That's very true. Um, but anyway, going down to NXT, since he's no longer down in there... (laughs) Uh, let's talk about some of the other things that are going on there, because we got the ongoing investigation of Aleister Black. And I think even more and more so, it definitely seems like uh, clearly Gargano is guilty. 
What do you think? Really? Yeah. I think that'd be the way more interesting storyline to tell. And I think if they didn't go there, it'd be kind of a disappointment at this point. That's true. So you, you're expecting, like, the surprise turn out of it of, like... So wait, is it going to be Nikki well, Cross even... that reveals that it's going again? No, I think they, I think they played that. Or I think it'll just be, like, Alistair Black comes it back and just attacks the person who attacked him. Like, that's the way they reveal it. <laughs> he attacks Gargano, and he's just like, it was him. Yeah. Because, you know what, actually, because uh, Alistair Black wasn't, I guess he must have been sending some sort of warning, either that or he, uh, William Regal's just concerned, because he was saying that, like, Alistair Black's going to come back and burn down this whole place. I think so. that's just knowing Alistair Black, so he's <laughs> like, um, he's not going to come back in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough, so... Yeah, because I actually, I don't even know if it would be that much of a surprise right now, because the way that they were telling the storyline this week, I feel like the the idea is that we're supposed to think that Gargano did it. Because mm. the way that William Regal was asking him, like, you know, did you do it? And then Gargano wouldn't just say, no, I didn't do it. Like, he was like, look in my eyes and you'll know the truth. It was like, what the, f- just say no. That's like the way that you say I did it, but I don't want to admit that I did it. <laughs> Kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like Gargano did it. And I feel like there's a really good, clear storyline reason why. And it's it's like this nice shade of gray, right? Like, he did it because he's so obsessed with getting after Champa that he needed, he felt like he needed that one-on-one match. But then now, like, eventually, hopefully, his sins will come back to haunt him and Aleister Black, I guess, fucks him up. That's true. Because actually, like, I think I pitched this last week. I'm trying to remember... But if I didn't, then I think this would be a good end for actually Gargano and Champa, because you could have Alistair Black come back, take out Gargano, and then take out Champa and get the title back. And then you could send both those guys up to the main roster if you want. That's true. And then Alistair Black could continue his title reign, get the second one going around. Could have a Velveteen Dream. Ooh, maybe Velveteen Dream goes and has an NXT title match at some point. But still loses. And then Aleister Black can say his name one more time before Velveteen Dream leaves NXT. You know, nice callback to, like, uh, Velveteen's first, Velveteen Dream's first NXT feud there with Aleister Black. Trying to get him to say his name. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> Man, so many opportunities. Um, but, speaking of other opportunities... There was some really great stuff on 205 Live this week. I thought Murphy and Kalisto was a great match. That was a great match. And apparently it's going to happen again on the Australia show or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Murphy's yeah. from Australia. Um, but yeah, that was a killer fucking match. And it just makes me so mad that it's like they just ha- they treat the Cruiserweight division in 205 Live with like this fucking weird parallel universe that doesn't impact anything else like i think they would have so much opportunity if they did a couple different things like just put guys like lucha house party into the tag team division on brawl and smackdown put hideo Itami. maybe him and shinsuke nakamura are friends he could go hang out on smackdown and do some shit maybe you could have tony nice and buddy murphy join the bar like the premier athlete the juggernaut they could be a part of that with the swiss cyborg and the celtic warrior <laughs> You could have Finn Balor come on to 205 Live. You could yeah, have Daniel Bryan uh, come on to 205 Live. 
He's just losing to Baron Corbin on Raw. Yeah, like, what the fuck is Finn Balor doing? Have him go on two of... Because you could have Finn Balor and Hideo Itami as, like, your cruiserweight matches on 205 Live. You could mm-hmm. have... I was actually just looking up... Daniel Bryan is weighted at 210. You could have a little storyline where he drops five pounds to go on 205 Live because he's like, you know what? Drew Gulak is right. This is the bastion, last bastion of pure wrestling, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down there and prove that I'm the best pure wrestler. And then you have Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight title. Like, man, I don't know why they don't just integrate the shit more. Both ways, right? They should. Because then you just, like, Lucha House Party right now. Where the fuck are they supposed to go? What the fuck are they supposed to do? There aren't other tag teams on 205 Live. Like, they already feuded with the other one. They were already fighting with Gallagher and Kendrick. So if they beat... uh. Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese, why the fuck does it matter? There's no cruiserweight tag team division. And they aren't apparently allowed to fight regular main roster guys for the tag team titles. So, like, like what's the point of them even being there? Like, from a storyline perspective and also a monetary perspective. Like, if you're paying these guys, Joe, if you're running this promotion, mm-hmm. like, what's the point? Why do you have all these guys? I yeah I don't know I, don't I think know. there's no point I don't know either that's why they need to integrate this shit more use these guys a little better and like <laughs> we've, I think we've given a pitch for like almost every single fucking cruiserweight on that show for like something else for them to do too but they just they don't see the value for some reason I don't know anyway speaking of value though should we just get right into all in predictions yeah let's get that done uh, oh yeah over on Lucha Underground just a there was the No Moss match with Exolicious and Jack Evans. Pretty good. And then yeah. the, the wedding with Muno and Taya. Mm-hmm. With uh, Matanza getting out and just murdering everybody. Even famous B in a wheelchair. And uh, lime, lime green suits. <laughs> yeah, in lime green suits. Well, that's, that's the color of the Worldwide Underground, didn't you know? Yes. <laughs> so classy. Anyway, all in. in. It's come down to this. Alright, so we have two pre-show matches, which, if you get WGN America, they will be aired on there. Uh, We have the Briscoe Brothers, Jay and Mark, versus SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Hmm, okay. So, I feel like it's going to be the Briscoes. Probably. And this will probably be the, the first match. Because mm-hmm. there's two on the pre-show. It's this tag match and then the over-budget battle royal. Mm-hmm. So I think start with this one, get a nice win for the Briscoe brothers, get the crowd ex- excited. Yep, exactly. Get get a hot tag in there, get it going, get the people excited. There's no reason to shit on their day. <laughs> exactly. This early into it. Uh, yeah, and then you get the Sid the over-the-budget battle royal. Yes, which we've only got a couple names announced so far, but there's going to be a shit ton more, apparently. Uh announced we have Jordan Grace, Moose, Rocky Romero, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, <laughs> rhymes, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Brandon Cutler, and Punishment Martinez. I only know about half of those names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm leaning towards Colt Cabana on this. You think Colty? I think because they're in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner of this goes on to the main card to fight uh, Jay Lethal for the ROH World Championship. 
Mm-hmm. And I think those two have enough of a history that it can make for a really exciting match. That's true. God damn it. You, you picked the same person I was going to pick. <laughs> Which, because I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, Colt, Colt's like somebody who's got some experience in there. Um, yeah. Right, Chicago crowd. We could be totally wrong, though. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. I, there's there's a lot, of, like, this Mountain Royal is going to have so many options. Like, we, that's not even everyone that's in it. Like, Yeah, I mean, I guess there is also the, the idea, right, maybe there's, like, somebody, just, like, somebody from the field who's not announced who could also uh, win it. Uh, Neville, by any chance? That would be fucking cool. Because he's cleared now. His contract is up, and there's no no-compete clause. Hmm. Oh, man. Wait, there's no non-compete clause? Yep. Oh. Because because he wasn't released. He just let the contract expire. Yeah. I think that's how. Okay, you know what? I might change my, I might change my pick. <laughs> yeah, because... All right, I think I'm going to pick Neville if I have to be specific, but like, would I be able to pick the option of the field, like somebody who's unannounced from the field? Yeah, I'll give Colt. you that because because I I'm picking specifically Colt. So, mm-hmm. and you're so as long as it's none of the announced names. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sla- All right. So I'll put Neville slash unannounced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not somebody who's just regular somebody else in the field. It has to be somebody who, at as of this point, and actually, I'll I'll even go ahead and continue with this caveat all the way up to the day of All In, somebody who is not announced. Wow. So okay. like, even if even if they announce some other people in between now and then, I'm gonna say it's either Neville or an unannounced. So if Neville gets announced that he's in, then I'll go with Neville. But if it's okay. still up to the day where there's nobody announced, then then there you go. That's fair. But I still think that whoever that is is losing to Jay Lethal. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think the ROH World Title is going to change hands. No, that's that's a little too uh, a little too risky for this. Uh, so then we go on to the main card, where we have. Uh, so I guess we've both decided this one: Jay Lethal versus the Over Budget Battle Royal winner. Yeah, uh, both of us picking Jay Lethal. Uh, we then we have Madison Rain versus Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard. Hmm, women fighting for nothing. Uh, I'm gonna go Chelsea Green on this. I feel like Madison yeah. and Tessa are both uh, like impact like girls. Mm-hmm. So is Chelsea, but Chelsea's a little more of the independent kind of woman in this mm-hmm. with a name so that's why i'm giving it to her mm, okay that's a fair point you go kind of like the the independent feel of this independent show yeah hmm i think i think i'm gonna go i don't know because like tessa blanchard is also the perfect person to like beat in this right because i feel like she's the, one of the bigger names mm-hmm. well, i feel it, it i feel like it goes madison's the biggest cause she's yeah. been around the longest then yep. Tessa, then Chelsea, then Britt. I wish I had a D four on me, but I don't. That's fine. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Tessa Blanchard. I'm just gonna go with okay. my gut. All right, this one's tough because we're just like it's. And you, you it's went with uh, Green, right? Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. Okay. Uh, yeah, Zach Ryder. It's girl. also hard, right? Because there's not like storylines really going into some of these. Nope. Uh, then we have, 
Wait, are any of them from Chicago? <laughs> uh, is Madison see. Rain from Chicago? Maybe Madison. We gotta look up. We gotta look up which Madison. city each one of these girls are from. <laughs> Madison is from Columbus, Ohio. Okay, that's kind of close. But... Chelsea Green is Canadian. She's from Victoria, British Columbia. Okay, not there. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is right. from, from Orlando. Like... And then Britt, Britt Baker, Baker does not have a Wikipedia page, so I don't know. Britt Baker is from, uh, what was it? Parts Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let That's me see a... if Google can. Uh... Yeah, let's see. Britt Baker, where the fuck are you from? Britt Baker, hometown. Any information? Uh... Oh, uh, she's she might from be like a New York girl. Oh, she she's from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, but she resides in Pittsburgh. Oh, all right. You know what? I think I might have to go with the Pittsburgh girl then. All right. Hometown or home home state at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going right. with the. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Britt Baker instead, actually. The groundhog girl, because she's from Punxsutawney. <laughs> yep, exactly. She's gonna see her own shadow, and <laughs> get an early spring. <laughs> Alright, uh, well, yeah, because it's like, what the fuck else am I going to base this one on? <laughs> so true. Uh, then we have, um, Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. Yeah, uh, SCU's going to be eating a dick here. I think Stephen Amell is going to get the win. I think it's going to yeah. through some absolute shenanigans, but... I think this is where Neville might come out, because his oh. last... One of his last matches was with, well, not one of his last. One of his biggest before matches, he moved, though. One of his, before he moved to 205 Live, mm-hmm. he had uh, the mixed tag match at, like, a SummerSlam, I think. Yeah, it was, it was the tag team match with him and Arrow against uh, yeah. Cody Rhodes of Stardust and King Barrett. Yes. I've got some bad news. I've got some bad news. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. I think so we're both picking a Mel. Yeah, I'm picking a Mel. But yeah, definitely through some fuckery, either Bullet Club or, like you said, maybe Neville. Uh, then we have Joey Janela with Penelope Ford versus Hangman Page. Uh, this is definitely Page. Yeah. yeah I feel Page. like this might be a good uh, good showing here for Janela. But uh, yeah, Adam Page is going over. Probably here. his biggest show so far yeah probably i mean he puts on his own but this is going to be i think seen by more people mm-hmm. uh then we have kazuchika okada versus marty Skrull. well with with my prediction here i'm going to give uh, away some of my other predictions i think that this is the only match where a bullet club member loses Ooh, you're going okada, okada on this yep i'm going okada on this i'm going Skrull on this Ooh, you think you ski Think Skrull pulls this out? Yeah, because Okada is the rainmaker, mm-hmm. but Marty Skrull always brings his umbrella. Ah! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so good. I almost like, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> next, next. <laughs> uh, next, we have Nick Aldis 
coming in as the NWA World Heavyweight Championship going up against Cody Rhodes. This is the reason this whole match, this whole event is happening. Uh, and Cody Rhodes is going to become the NWA champion. I think so too. There's a very small part of me that thinks it, there may be some kind of swerve or something like that. And like you Nick retained and build to it at a later date. Yeah, but I I think it's too good of a setup to have Cody win it on the show that he promoted, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, having him win it and be the first father son duo to win the NWA championship is it's just mm-hmm. too good to pass up on. All right, were you about to say? I thought you were about to say it's like it's too good to be true. Yeah, because that because you know what that could also be like a really right like a potentially brilliant move in wrestling because i feel like everybody going into this thinks cody's definitely winning like there's yeah. no way that he's not and then man if you just dick us like that and be like nope at least not yet man that would really be like i mean a i guess it, it's all up to them of like they just promoted this thing it's sold out in 30 minutes and all that stuff mm-hmm. do they want to try it again right because like if if they rematch like this could be one of the matches that's on that uh you know, yeah, like the uh, Madison Square Garden show. Because, uh-huh. you know what, the other thing that's really fucking weird, admittedly, in this whole thing, is that Cody Rhodes has that U.S. title match against uh, Juice Robinson, like about a month oh, after. Oh, true, like yeah. A month in uh, Long Beach. And so that's, but, like, I could also see them, like, you know, if he becomes the champion, maybe they turn that into just, like, a champion versus championship match. Like, maybe it's not for Juice's but- title anymore. I mean that that it's also up to New Japan and Billy Corgan, right? Of mm-hmm. do they have an agreement to allow the NWA championship to appear in New Japan? Like Ring of Honor, yeah. they already have that agreement. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the deal is with New Japan. True. Although I feel like they they probably would, you know, because they, they have I a lot the of other belts. I think the working relationship with the Ring Japan. of Honor, yeah, would lead to that, yeah. And also, just, like just, New Japan, like they show off a lot of other belts as well. Yes. Yeah, Which it's... leads to our... Um... Wait, so are you sticking Cody? Yeah, I'm sticking with Cody. Okay. Our uh, another semi-main event is what the match I'm looking forward to the most. Kenny mm-hmm. Omega versus Pentagon Jr. This is a fucking huge dream match. This is insane. I can't wait yeah. to watch this. Um, but I definitely think Omega wins here. Yeah, me too. Sure. But I think it's just going to be a blow-away fantastic match. I think both are going to look great, and yeah. Man, I really hope that, like, it's it's almost a shame, because, like, I'm glad that we get to see this, at least because from what the rumors are saying, it sounds like, unfortunately, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix are probably going to be going to WWE soon, so we oh, really? see this again for a while. Well, that's at least what the some of the rumors I've been reading are saying, is that they might be going there kind of, like, next year. Hmm. That, like, apparently they're really not, like, taking any independent bookings anymore in 2019 is sort of the rumors I've been reading. Okay. Man, I thought they were going to be like, because they were doing so well with all these independents and stuff like that, that they they could be those guys that it's just like, we don't need the WWE. Well, I think it's it always just comes down to that question. of It's like, whenever you get big enough, WWE yeah. is going to send you an offer, and then you just, you got to sit and think. It's like, well, do I take this offer or not? Because it, it sounds yeah. like in almost every single case, it comes down to this axiom of like, do I want more money or more freedom? Because that's yeah. the choice when you go to WWE. You get the money and you have no freedom. 
You get the money and you also get consistency as well, I guess. In terms of, I have this guaranteed money for mm-hmm. the length of the contract. like Right. Whereas the freedom comes with, I might have some downtime. Like... <laughs> Well, but, like, there's also the the freedom of, like, you know, with these independent guys, like, you can choose, like, you know, if you're taking bookings, taking bookings, then it's like, all right, well, I want to take a week off, you know, in this month. Then, like, all right, I yeah. don't, just don't take bookings that week. And then you can just continue on with your life. Whereas with WWE, it's like, what? You want to take off for anything? Fuck you. <laughs> it's like, you have to be in Liechtenstein fighting Cesaro <laughs> for our European tour. I didn't even know that was a place. I didn't even know that was a place. <laughs> Anyway, uh, main event? Main event. This is a six-man tag, yeah? Fucking crazy-ass match. Uh, you have Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito with uh, Theo Rossi from Sons of Anarchy mm-hmm. uh, versus the Golden Elite, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi. Golden Elite, baby. I think so as well. I mean, it was... If this wasn't the main event, I was actually a little bit tempted to think that maybe they wouldn't have won but i don't know the else i guess the other aspect of it too was just kind of thinking like longer term i assume that these guys don't really have like big plans for like stuff that they're going to be doing with ray mysterio if yes. they did then maybe he'd win this but like if not then yeah i think he's there just to put them over yeah it's a great fucking wrestling legendary name to be there i don't think that he's gonna be eating the pin or anything um mm-hmm. but yeah just be able to be there and just have an excellent match and you know just kind of bring like another sort of flavor and style like i like that there are these luchadors on this card here right like you got the six-man tag and also uh pentagon versus omega Mm -hmm. so i just like that there's a lot of different styles on here because they've got that and you've got the really intense like strong style japanese style with like omega and okada so yep it's exciting this is like a really well-rounded card it's just going to be so interesting that, uh, like, I don't know what to expect, basically. Like, how's it going to look? Like, what's the setup going to be? Like, mm-hmm. all the stuff's going to be just so new. Yeah. Well, like, they keep, they keep really, like, building this up and saying about how much this is, you know, like, wrestling's Woodstock. This is, like, you know, the fans and the new wave of wrestling, like, taking professional wrestling back into our own hands, right? Like, there was this uh, go-home promo. I don't, did you see this where Cody Rhodes was saying about how, you know, WWE's great and fantastic at what they do, but they don't own pro wrestling? Hmm. I did not see that. It was really good. It was, um, I, I think they put it up on one of the, it was either Being the Elite or the series that Cody's doing leading up to um, All In, but it was really good just, you know, talking about how much, like, the the way that technology has changed has changed the way that the wrestling business operates and the way that we consume it and we're really at a point now where like you know wwe is not the end-all be-all in wrestling you know the fans have what much more choice than we've ever had before and it's also showing in how much more wrestling is able to thrive outside of wwe Mm. so it's exciting it's it's exciting period of time right because you know, like before, before the age of the internet, right now with like you know much more like the streaming services and the cheaper pay per views and being able to put stuff out online. Like, if you were trying to start up a wrestling, you know, federation or something like that, and you're trying to get some exposure, like it would, it's still fucking hard, obviously. But now, 
it seems like the bigger barriers because there's just so many wrestling promotions out there. Whereas before that was still an issue, but even past that too, it's like, well then how the fuck do I even get people to see my shit? Like, it's not like I have like a broadcasting network or something, but with just how much more things become accessible, it seems like the world of wrestling is able to change. That's true. Like, does that, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I think before, like, that that barrier to entry was just so much higher that, like, you know, how the fuck could you fight WWE unless you just have a gigantic wallet? Like, you'd have to be, like, behind a TV studio or something like that. But I think that barrier to entry is getting lower and lower so then more wrestling can thrive. Mm Mm-hmm. Is what it seems like. Which is good for wrestling, right? Like, I definitely feel like the last couple of years, like, the, the standard of wrestlers and matches has gone up dramatically. Yeah, that's true. I mean, to the point where Dave Meltzer had to reinvent his own scaling system. Multiple like, times. Like, that's how much better it's gotten, is that he had to be like, I can't even grade this shit on the same scale that I used to. <laughs> so, it's it's... I don't know. It's exciting. Cause I even I feel like this has happened with a lot of different mediums. I feel like the last like ten years or so like that, I feel like TV's gotten a lot better than it ever has before. And it's stayed yes. consistently a lot better. Yeah, you know, like now the point it's like I there's never like a there's never not a good show that I could go watch at some point. It's just I don't have enough time to go watch all the really good shows that exist. No, Whereas I mean before it was like, man, there's just fucking nothing on. Like everything sucks. I catch up on Ring of Honor when I can, like because there's just so much out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I struggle to watch all the stuff that we do, even for this show every week. Yeah, between, right, like, Ring of Honor, or Lucha Underground, NXT, 205 Live, Raw, SmackDown, the pay-per-views, and the rest of, like, New Japan. Like, it's... There's a lot of fucking wrestling out there, man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has gotten so much better. Because, like, I mean, I would... You know what? I'm going to pull up a random card from, like, 2000... Um, 10. How about that? WWE 2010. I just want to see what the fuck's on it. What's a, what's a pay-per-view name from back then? What what about Hell in a Cell? We're about to come up to Hell in a Cell, okay, right? Uh, did Hell in a Cell start eight years ago? I think there was a... Alright, I'm going to see. Hell in a Cell 2010. What was the card? If my internet will load. Instead of being a fucking dickhead. Right, can you pull it up faster than me? Let's see. Oh, here we go. I think I forgot it. Yeah, because I, I can't even imagine this card isn't just absolute shit compared to, like, like all in. Like, that card that we just read off, it's like, all right. That's that's a pretty damn good card. Like I would really love to go fucking see that, but you know, unfortunately, it's sold out in thirty minutes and is in Chicago. Oh, there was a Hell in a Cell in twenty ten. Okay, let's see. So we've got uh, preliminary we had, matches. We had, oh, here we go. Here was the card. All right. So on the preliminary matches, we had Goldust, Kofi Kingston, and R Truth against Cody Rhodes, <laughs> Drew McIntyre, and Dolph Ziggler in a six man tag team match. Holy shit! They teamed up back then. That's hilarious. Yep. Just like a random <laughs> tag team match. Uh, all right. Then we've got Daniel Bryan defeating John Morrison and The Miz in a 
three-way submissions count anywhere match. But actually, that's pretty fucking good. That, <laughs> that one is an exception out of this. Here's the rest. Randy Orton versus Sheamus <laughs> at a Hell in a Cell match. Where they were getting probably getting booed. Mm-hmm. That was for the WWE Championship. It was. Edge versus Jack Swagger <laughs> in a match. Uh, Wade Barrett versus John Cena. And, uh, oh, here we go. Natalia versus Michelle McCool. With Layla. <laughs> With Layla. And then the main event, Kane versus The Undertaker. With Paul Bearer. So, this this card, the wrestling standards on this card, <laughs> I feel like are drastically lower yes. than uh, what All In is going to be. And even probably, I'm sure, what they're going to put together for Hell in a Cell 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like... All right, yeah, there's only one match on that card that I'd want to see. I would like to... I'd go watch the Daniel Bryan-John Morrison-Miz match. I'd watch the Daniel Bryan one, and I'd watch Kane and Undertaker. If this were, like, maybe 10 years before that, I would watch Kane versus Undertaker. But I don't know. 2010, Kane versus Undertaker, that's pretty rough still, I think. But yeah, I don't know. That's pretty rough. Pretty rough Mm. compared to, like... Man, you've got the Golden Elite versus Rey Mysterio, Ray Phoenix, and Bandito. You've got Omega versus Pentagon Jr. You've got Omega versus Marty Skrull. Like, you've got the NWA Championship on the line versus Cody and Aldis. The wrestling standards have improved. That they have. And it's a good world to be in. Especially when I'm still the champion after all in. Yeah, no, that's switching. Thanks. And I'm going to be going to the Champions Party with Cody and Omega, and we're going to have a great time. <laughs> Maybe we can... Oh, no. I was... <laughs> that would have been gross. I was about to... Uh, do you remember one of the specific um, p- pictures from, like, Paige's, like, big porno leak where, like, I guess you're... she was fucking Brad Maddox, I think, right? Yeah, and it was like she had that picture with like her, and there was like all the cum on her face and on the title and stuff like that. Is that going to be you? Is what you're saying? Oh, well, I was going to make like I was just about to make like a really weird joke, but then I was like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This is a weird show that me and Joe do, so why not? I was going <laughs> to say that in our championship party, we can all like circle jerk onto each other's titles or something. Okay, so um, that's <laughs> it for this week. <laughs> What, Joe, are you saying you don't want to imagine a circle jerk with me, Cody, and Kenny? Yeah, no. No, I don't. Well, all right. I guess that makes both of us. So (laughs) we'll go ahead and end the show on a high note with the all-in predictions. Um, Be prepared to taste defeat as you've pushed all-in, Joe. Because if you uh, lose it all-in, does that mean it's over? Am I the champion forever? No. Just the wording, all-in. Just kidding. Yeah, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway. So we're putting yeah. the title on the line. I am all in because the title's on the line. Champion and I will be coming out with all the chips. Uh, so listen to next week to our recap of All In and any of the other StarCast uh, events that we may catch. And yeah, everything else that goes on in the world of wrestling. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Catch you all next week. Peace.